Treasure Island, Part One, The Old Buccaneer, Chapter Six, The Captain's Papers. We rode hard all the way till we drew up before Dr. Lindsay's door. The house was all dark to the front. Mr. Dance told me to jump down and knock. Dogger gave me a stir up to descend by the by. Doors open almost at once by the maid. Is Dr. Lindsay in? I asked. No, she said. He had come. He had come home in the afternoon, gone up to the hall to dine and pass the evening with the squire. So there we go, boys, said Mr. Dance. The time as the distance was short. I did not mount, but ran. A dogger's stir up, up lever to the dodge, dodge gates, up the long, leafless, moonlit avenue to where the white lane of the hall buildings looked on either hand of all on the great old gods. Here Mr. Dance mounted, and taking me along with him, was admitted at a word into the house. So they led us down a matted passage, and showed us at the end into a great library, all lined with bookcases burst upon the top of them, where the squire Dr. Lindsay sat pipe in hand on either side of a bright fire. Never seen the squire so near at hand. He was a tall man, only over six feet high, broad in proportion. He had a buff, ready, rough and ready face, all roughened and reddened. Lined in his long travels, his eyebrows were very black and moved readily. This gave him a look of some temper. Not bad, as would say, but quick and high. Come in, Mr. Dance, he said, very stately and condescendingly. Good evening, Dance. Said Doctor with a nod, and good evening to your friend Jim. What good winds brings you here? So they told, stood up straight and stiff, told a story like a lesson. You should have seen how the two gentlemen leaned forward, looked at each other, and forgot the smoke, their surprise and interest. And he heard how my mother went back to the inn. Doctor Lindsay fairly slapped his thigh. The squire said, "Cry bravo," and broke his long pipe against the grate. Long before it was done, Mr. Tronori, that you remember was the squire's name, got up from his seat, was striding about the room. A doctor, as if to be heard the better, was taken off, taken off his padded wig, and sat there looking a very strange indeed, with his own close-cropped black pole. At last, Mr. Dance finished the story. Mr. Dance said to the squire, Oh, you are a very noble man, fellow. As for running down with that black and atrocious in misquote, I regard it as an act of virtue, sir. They stamping on the cockroach. This lad Perkins is a trump. I perceive, Tompkins. Will you ring that bell? Mr. Dance must have some ale. And so, Jim, said the doctor, you have the thing they were after, have you? Here it is, sir, said I, gave the oilskin packet. Doctor looked it all over his fingers and itching to open it. Instead of doing that, he put it quietly in the pocket of his coat. Squire, he said, the dance has had his ale. He must, of course, be off to his majesty's service. I mean to keep Jim Wilkins to the Corgans here, to sleep in my house if I give you permission. Suppose we should have, have up the cold pie and let him sup. As you will, Lindsay, said the squire. Hawkins, you've earned better than cold pie. So a big pigeon pie is brought in, and put on a side table, made a big, and I made a happy supper. 
but he was hungry as a hawk. While Doctor while Dr. Mr. Lance was further complimented and last dismissed. And now, Squire, said the doctor, and now, Lindsay, said the squire, the same sir. Once at a time, one at a time, laughed Dr. Lindsay. You've heard of this Flint, I suppose. Heard of him, quite a squire? Heard of him, you say? He was a blood for his pacaneer that sailed, blood beard, the child of Flint. Banyards are so ridiculously afraid of him that I tell you, sir, they sometimes found his Englishman, I seen his top sails, with those eyes of Trinidad, of Trinidad and carried his son of a rum punctured. They sailed with Port the Back, Port Back, sir, into Port of Spain. Well, I heard of him myself in England. The doctor, but the point is, had he money? Money, quite the squire. Have you heard the story? What were these villains after but money? What did they care for but money? Well, what would they risk their rascal carcasses but money? That, that we shall know, replied the doctor. But you are so confoundly hot-headed and scrambling. I cannot get a word in. What I want to know is this. Supposing I am here, have here in my pocket some clue to where Flint buried his treasure. Will that treasure amount to much? Amount, sir? cried the squire. It will amount to this. If we have a clue you talk about, I fit out a ship to Bristol Dock and take you and Hawkins here along. Have that treasure if I search a year. Very well, said the doctor. Then, now then, Jim, to Greenville, we opened the packet. He laid it before the table, him, him on the table. A bundle was sewn together. The doctor had to get out his instrument case and cut. The stitches with medical scissors, with medical scissors, taking two things, a book and steel paper. First of all, we tried a book, observed the doctor. Squire and I were both peering over the shoulder. He opened it, but Dr. Lindsay and Bertani motioned me to comb around from side table where I had been eating to enjoy the sport of his search. First page, there were only scrapes of writing, such as a man with a pen in his hand might make for idleness or practice. One was the same as a tattoo mark. Billy Bones is fancy. Then was Mr. W. Bones' mate. No more rum off Palm Key. He got it. And some or other snatches, mostly single words in unintelligible. I could not help wondering who it was had got it and what what it was he got. A knife in his back as a more like not. And not much of instruction here there, said Dr. Lindsay as he passed on. Next ten or twelve pages filled with a curious series of entries. The date of the one end of the line and the other sum of money. Common with account books. Instead of it spreading free writing, a very number of crosses between the two. The twelfth of June, seventeen forty five, for instance, the sum of seventeen pounds plain become due to someone. There's nothing but six crosses explain the cause. In few cases to be sure. A name and the place had been added off Caracas on a mere entry of latitude and longitude. A sixty two degrees, seventeen, twelve, nineteen degrees, two, fourteen, forty. Record take lasted over twenty, twenty years. Amount of separate entries growing larger as time went on. The end of grand total had been made out over five or six wrong editions. And those words that have rendered bones is pal. I don't take the head of, can't make head or tell this, said Dr. Lindsay. 
The thing is clear as no day, no day, cried the squire. This is what had his bounds of comfort. Because his stand for the names of ships or towns they sank or plundered. The summons of Scramshire, the way he feared their integrity. You see, he added something clearer. Off Caracas. Now you see, here, yeah, there's some happy vessel bolded off that vessel coast. God help the poor souls that manned her. Carol alongside. Right, said the doctor. See what it is to be a traveller. Right, the mounts and priests. You see, as he rose in the rank. There was little else in the volume but the few bearings of places. No pages, faint paper leaves. Towards the end of the table, producing the English, French, English, and money, Spanish monies to a common value. Third, fifty men, cried the doctor. He wasn't fifty men, cried the doctor. He wasn't one to be cheated. And now, said the choir, for the other. A paper had been sealed in several places. A thimble, by the way, was sealed. Very thimble, perhaps. I found the captain's coat pocket. The doctor opened the seal with great care. There fell out a map of an island, the latitude and longitude, soundings, names of hills and bays and inlets. Every particular that would be needed to bring a ship of safe anchorage upon its shores. It was about nine miles long and five across, shaped, you might say, like a fat dragon standing up. There are two fine landlocked harbours. Here in the centre part marked the spyglass. The several editions of a later date. Above all, these three crosses of red ink. Two on the north part of the island, one in the southwest, and beside this mass, in the same red ink, in small, neat, and light hand, very different from the captain's totally characters. There is words. Bolt for the treasure here. Over the back of the same hand, I written his former, his former information. Tall trees by a glass shoulder, bearing a pipe of north. Of no northeast, scattered an island, the ESE, and by E, ten feet. The bar still was a north's crazy. You'll find it by the ten on the east hammock. Fairfield Sarah's south with black Craig, her face on it. Her arms are easy found on the standing. North point of the e, north inlet cape, bearing E and north end, JF. That's all that was all, but brief it was, and to me, incorrigible. If Phil Squire got the Lindsay tonight, Lindsay said the daughter's wife, you'll give her this wretched practice at once. Tomorrow I start from Bristol. Three days' time, three weeks, two weeks, ten days for the best ship, sir. And Tracy's crew in England, Hawkins, shall come as a cabin boy. You'll make a famous cabin boy, Hawkins. You're Lindsay, our ship's doctor. I am Admiral. We'll take Red Roof, Joyce, and Hunter. Their favourable winds, a quick package. Not least everybody finding a spot, the money they eat and to roll in, to play duck and drink with ever after. Toroni, said the doctor, I'll go with you, I'll go to bail for it. So would Jim, I'll be a credit to the undertaking. There's only one man I'm afraid of. Who's that, said the quadrant squire. Name the dog, sir. You, replied the doctor. You cannot hold your tongue. We're not the only men who know of this paper. If those attack the time tonight, bold, desperate blades. We're sure the rest of staves aboard that lugger. And more, I dare say, or far off of one. Oh, through thick and thin bound, that they will get the money. But get none of us to get, there must be, we must none of us go alone till we get to sea. Jim and I shall stick together in the meantime. You take Joyce and Hunter. Then you ride to Bristol, and from first to last, not one of you must breathe a word of what we found. There's your quote, Squire. 
You have always been reminded of his son as a grave. 